Welcome to Keeping Up With America. My name is Manroop and today we'll be talking about private prisons and how they're the biggest scams by many corporations. I first want to address a quote by Tom Beasley in 1988 who said, You just sell prisons like you were selling cars or real estate or hamburgers. Now, this quote stands out because it highlights the vast market of private prisons that has yet to be tapped. In times like this, where COVID-19 is heavily destroying the economy, it seems that private prison companies have been listed on the New York Stock Exchange and are doing quite well in a time of economic recession. But that is just the tip of the iceberg behind the lucrative businesses in private prisons. To lessen the burden on state prisons, which were overcrowded, private prisons were created. In 1983, the Corrections Corporation of America, also known as CCA, stepped onto the scene as the very first private corrections company. Now, the CCA still is relevant today and is going to be a big factor in the world of private prisons. Their business model is considered positive as their objective was to stop prison overcrowding. However, this is far from the truth. In this podcast today, I am advocating for there to be a halt in private prisons and to abolish them for a variety of reasons. So the first topic would be how taxpayer money is going to waste. The New York Times has reported how taxpayers have to pay just as much for regular prisons as they do for private. One-fifth of the prisoners are held in for-profit facilities. This means that one-fifth of millions of prisoners in private prisons are being profited off of. These corporations that run private prisons have made these lucrative businesses in hopes of saving the state money. However, it is not a cheaper alternative, but just a way for businesses to get more profits. Now, if you haven't already gotten the essence, simply what is happening is that one-fifth of prisoners are being held in these private prisons. However, the taxpayer money that is being used for this is going to waste, and I'll continue talking about this as the podcast continues. But that isn't the only issue that we really see present in our society. The problem is, is that while the goal of corporations was to create these private prisons to help ease the burden of federally run prisons, these prisons aren't actually lowering the recidivism rates. Now, viewers on my podcast that are not known to this idea of recidivism rates, to put it simple, it's basically whether another person commits a crime again. So the whole scam of such corporations is to keep these prison people in jail. It's beneficial because their point is to not actually help better society, but rather to market off of many people and their lives. Now, numerous studies have found that incarceration in private prisons increases the risk of recidivism by almost 20%. That means that those prisoners that are going to private prisons are 20% more likely to commit another crime. Now, this defeats the whole purpose of private prisons, whose basic module is to actually decrease the pressure pressure on other state-run prisons. 
However, we can see that these prisoners who do go into such facilities like private prisons are more likely to commit these crimes again. By no longer having private prisons, we'll be able to lower down the number of people that end up going to prison. This is important because the whole point of our criminal justice system is to have consequences to illegal actions and to provide a way so that people who commit these felonies again will get their deserved treatment. However, this is exactly what private prisons have not been able to do. Now, private prisons are also putting people at a higher risk of committing another crime. In 2016, the CCA took in $1.7 billion in profit, while the School of Business, University of Wisconsin, in 2016, finds that private prisons award twice as many infractions as government prisons. Now, infractions can also be looked at as like tally points. Depending on how many misconducts that a prisoner does, they get more infractions added up to them. Now, these infractions could lead to a variety of consequences, one being that they may be staying in prison longer. So when we find out that private prisons are twice as likely to give out such infractions, it could cause these prisoners to end up having to stay in prison for a longer time. So this allows private corporations to end up earning more money off the fact that more prisoners are staying in longer. So when we're allowing these private prisons to establish, businesses have found a way to profit off of such prisoners. This is detrimental as it is not saving the state or taxpayers any money. And they're causing prisoners to stay in prison for a longer term in order to complete the quotas. I would like to solidify the notion that I'm trying to state, which is that the whole objective of these corporations is to increase profits. Now, private prisons have been adding occupancy clauses in their contracts. What these occupancy clauses are is basically that the private prisons require states to keep their prisons full. Now, while this may seem logically correct as we do want our prisons to be working as they should be and for prisoners to stay in if they have committed a crime, this doesn't make sense when the Arizona Republic on 2011 finds that private prisons in Arizona haven't met 97% capacity quota, so the state government had to pay these private corporations $3 million as a crime. Now, this causes workers in these private prisons to require prisoners to be in prison for a longer time in order to keep these quotas. Now, it makes sense exactly why more prisoners are committing crimes again and recidivism rates are increasing and how there are these penalties that can happen that cause these prisoners to have their sentences lengthened. When we're looking at how the consequences of not having the required quota can be detrimental to the state government having to pay millions of dollars in fines. So the reason that the private prisons had to pay the corporations was because of the contracts that made anyone who was not keeping the prisons full having to pay crimes. Now, innocent lives are being put at risk because of these businesses. The purpose of these country companies aren't to stop crimes, but just to make dollar bills. Now, I am a huge business fiend, and I think that there are many markets that businesses have yet to tap, but the lives of the people 
are definitely not something to benefit from. Now, I'm a huge advocate for two sides to every story. So I'd like to look at those who find an advantage to these private prisons. One being that there is an economic benefit to local communities. Communities that have private prisons operating within their oversight often receive new tax revenues, have new jobs to provide local workers, and this creates more spending to help support businesses. While that may be true to an extent, I'd like to prove the fact that these communities that do receive these tax revenues aren't receiving them on any impactful margin. In fact, when we're looking at what private prisons have done, I'd rather see them getting these people out of prison, having them have better lives, rather than supporting minimal tax revenues to others. Another point is that prisoner population levels are approximately maintained. So many public prison systems are operating at a capacity that is much higher than originally intended. Now, we can see this generally true as it is shown that public prisons are very overcrowded, and that is a problem in our DOJ. However, in California, the public prison system was operating at 137.5% of its capacity before the Supreme Court ordered the state to reduce overcrowding. Now, private prisons can better control the population levels by transporting prisoners to specific locations their better needs. This lessens the threat of overcrowding on local systems, which is allowing for profitability. Now, we can also see this during our pandemic in COVID-19, where prisons have been ordered to stop their overcrowding in case the disease starts or the virus starts leading to these prisons. However, when I'm looking at private prisons, although we are locating other prisoners to a less crowded place, these private prisons are keeping them longer and only exploiting these prisoners. When we're looking at what we're doing instead and risking the lives of these prisoners to stay in prison for longer, it's not worth the fact that while we may be stopping overcrowding, we might as well just open up more public prisons instead of allowing private prisons and their corporations to continue the exploitation. Now, Another idea is how facilities can be used for various purposes. Many private prisons are today being used for immigration, housing, and detention purposes. They can be retrofied to serve a variety of community needs if the need for pricing goes away. Now, this allows for investments that a community provides to not be vain and should prisoner levels to not be high as anticipated. So I get how the facilities can be used for various purposes, and this does hold true for private prisons. But then again, when we're looking at all these things, we can also see that these facilities can also be found and these various purposes and greater goods can also be found in state prisons. Now, the government has also contracted prisoners out to third parties for several years in private prisons. So there's been specific services for the public prison system that's been contracted out to private businesses for more than a century. This includes inmate transportation, food preparation, medical services, and even vocational trainings. These structures easily transition over to management and operations for entire prisons. When we're looking at this, we can see how there are some benefits to private prisons. 
allowing many inmates to have better transportation or food resources. But I would advocate for our state prisons to instead allow this in our public facilities instead of transporting it out to these private prisons. The reason that they're able to have such great volumes to do such expensive things is the fact that they're able to make that money. That money is made from the fact that they're using prisoners to stay in prisons for longer. Instead, if we took out that factor and allowed our federal government and our states to instead use these in our publicly funded uh, prisons, we would save a lot more money and all around just be better. So some researchers are turning their attention towards restructuring private prison contracts rather than banning private involvement in the prison sector. And the reality is, is that private prisons are a tool. And like all tools, you can either use them well or to use them poorly. So while this does hold true, there is always that skepticism that if we've already created this system where private prisons have been turning horribly, then I wouldn't even make that risk and instead just abolish them totally, like completely. Now that we have seen both sides of the story, it can still be concluded that innocent lives are being put at risk because of these prisons. Now, it is morally repugnant and the national tragedy that we have privatized prisons all over America. In my view, corporations should be allowed to make a profit by building more jails and keeping more Americans behind bars so that we have to end this private for profit prison in America. Thank you for listening to today's podcast and I'll see you next week with another topic.